right guys welcome back for another episode of byob if you guys had listened to the valentine's day episode thanks so much but you're in luck because i am not alone for this episode and i'm here with a very special guest so today i'm joined with derek childress jr derek is a fourth year majoring in sociology he is the president of bsa one of the founders and director of community engagement for bridge a treasurer and current membership chair of alpha phi alpha fraternity He's an OAAA peer advisor and the chair of the police review board. And in addition, Derek loves to travel, um, loves to sit in bed and watch TV and cook. <laughs> yes. So yes, welcome, yes. Derek. What Thank are you, you watching on TV right now? Right now, I am currently watching one of my go-to shows. Okay. It's called ER. And, oh. Um, it is pictured in Chicago circa 1990 through 1997. Okay. And I'm currently on season five of, I believe, 11 or 12. Wow. And I've been watching it off and on since September. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my winter shows come back on around November, December. So okay. ER is something like I'll watch and come back to during the winter break. I was able to yeah. watch my winter shows. And now <laughs> that I don't have anything new to watch... I watch ER. Okay, so, so ER is like your safe space show. Yeah, most definitely. <laughs> if I don't have, if I don't know anything else to watch, I'm most definitely going to ER. Okay, have you seen Chicago Med before? Of course I have. Oh my god, I've I seen, actually don't know anyone else who's seen Chicago Med. So I am not as invested in Chicago Med yeah. as I am with like a 911 or I love a Station 911. 19. Yeah. Oh, um, okay. So I am, I love those. Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, the first responder shows. Love Amazing. It. That yeah. is most definitely something I watch. Like, it's all I watch. Yeah. Um, That's so, so funny. Looking forward to the spring, because those are spring shows. Yeah. Um, looking forward to those seasons to come back out. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I binge Chicago Med over the summer. And after that, I was like, I'm switching my major. Like, I need to be an ER doctor now. I can't go right. on. <laughs> Without, time... They make it look fun. And right. I know it's like a lot exactly. of hard work. Every time I like, watch... Dang. Every time I watch like Grey's Anatomy, I'm just like, wow, could I be a doctor? (laughs) And then I'm like, should I go to med school? (laughs) Should I be a PA? Like, I don't know. Um, So it's just very interesting to like, because my career field is on the complete opposite spectrum. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think most definitely it's just intriguing to see. Like, I like watching something that I don't do, mm-hmm. you know? It yeah. keeps my life interesting. Yeah. And so, see, like, watching those first responder shows allows me to fulfill the fantasies I have in my head of wanting to be a first responder, Exactly, you know? yeah. So, yeah, yeah. My toxic trait is believing that, like, those shows, like, portray what that career is like super accurately. I remember, like, when I first started watching 911, my friend's boyfriend's a firefighter, and I was like, oh, my gosh, like, you, so you do, like, X, Y, Z, blah, 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 and he was like, you can't believe anything in that show, and I was like, no, don't tell me that. (laughs) I, I most definitely sometimes think it's very, like, linear yeah um like they're compatible like yeah. show and actual like real life yeah first responders but have to learn that there's some type of fallacy and yeah i just i like shows. believing like that's what it is um but okay awesome i'm just honestly looking for tv wrecks because i like feel like i'm not really watching any shows right now besides euphoria and now that euphoria is like a weekly thing i can't binge it see i have not gotten into euphoria really not haven't gotten into it at all i think most definitely i'm the type of person to binge watch the show yeah so i'll probably wait till the the season's over 
to yeah. um like i guess start it mm-hmm. i know now i have to like wait an entire week like people did in the olden days when netflix didn't exist and like <laughs> wait for shows to come back on all right so we can just jump right into it so when you were when we were brainstorming topics you talked about how you're a first gen student so the first question is how are you able to find support and guidance navigating college as a first generation student that's a really great question so i am a first generation college student from houston texas and um coming to college was the biggest step i've ever taken in my life and so navigating being a first generation college student and also a black man here at uva i cling very close to two specific deans out of the office of dean of students who work specifically with low income first generation college student and like the posse cohorts on campus mm-hmm. and those specific deans are tabitha enoch and shaka senior who is now um, at virginia tech but those two individuals most definitely guided me since they are first-gen college students as mm-hmm. well um, in higher ed, they understand what it is to be black and first-gen at a predominantly white institution. Mm-hmm. And so they most definitely sa- were saving graces. They sat me down and planned each of my semesters out, planned my extracurricular activities out, planned my work schedule out, planned when I was going to have time for Derek, t- time to hang out with friends and time mm-hmm. to join certain organizations. So the only reason I was able to navigate being a first-generation college student at UVA was because of them, too. Mm-hmm. And then I would say a smaller reason would be being open-minded and seeking what I didn't know. Mm. Um, I come from a place where Houston is a, is a great place to live and has good academics and good schooling, but up here in Central Virginia at UVA, everybody is the creme of the crop and some of the best school districts are rooted within UVA students. For example, Alexandria, Fairfax, those areas, those, like those are very good school, school districts. And so um, coming to UVA and having to um, navigate the academic rigor on top of the social pressures of dealing with students who are on brand or on track with UVA schooling mm-hmm. um, was very difficult. And so I think most definitely seeking thing, seeking out information that I did not know and that I know I didn't know mm-hmm. and also just like becoming very close with certain administrators and mm-hmm. faculty to make it easier on myself as far as knowing the resources that are available to me mm-hmm. going throughout college yeah definitely thank you for sharing that and like coming into college is already overwhelming enough like I know like the first year experience is so crazy so I can't imagine what that would be like knowing that you're the first person in your family to do that And, you know, you may not be able to look to like your parents, your grandparents for advice on college. So I think it's really great that you were able to take the initiative to reach out and find a dean that you can connect with and someone who could help you through the college process, because that can also be a scary thing to do. For sure. For sure. Um, It was most definitely scary. Um, Like I'm the oldest of my family. And so I was the first child and my parents were Mm. extremely, extremely nervous sitting me up. 1200 miles away from home yeah eight had just turned 18 years old and that was the longest or this is the longest time period i've ever been away from my my family in a Mm -hmm. way and so um yeah i was most definitely able to learn very early and i was fortunate enough to have my scholarship um organization the policy foundation Mm -hmm. that connected me with my mentors to allow it easier to allow 
to allow me to be able to navigate UVA easier mm. um, than others may have had. And everybody did not have the same resources or opportunities to have certain mentors like I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome that you were selected for the Posse Scholarship, though. Do you know Alice? Yes, of course. She's in my Posse. Yeah. <laughs> Alice is in my Posse. Alice, I've been knowing Alice since we were in high school. So she's in my Posse. Wow. Um, so we went through the interview process together. Yeah. We did our pre-collegiate training together for nine months before coming to UVA. That's crazy. Um, yeah. So up until the end of, up until COVID, I met with Alice every week since, like within our Posse Aww. every week since we were in high school since that, I were a senior of high school. Wow. So, I love um, Alice. Shout out Alice. She was on the podcast. If you guys haven't listened to her episode, go listen to it now. Yes. Um, but I remember like when I first met her first year, she was telling me about the process of being um, a posse scholar. And it's it's very rigorous. Yes. <laughs> it's very intense, very rigorous. Um, I think most definitely you'll learn a lot about yourself during the posse, the posse process. But again, um, it's the real world. This, mm-hmm. It's the real world. Like that's how a lot of things that human beings achieve that's what they're gonna have to go through like a Mm -hmm. rigorous process to get what they want so yeah definitely awesome so the next question is also about being a first-gen student so what do you feel like was the greatest barrier you faced in coming to college as a first-gen student and how did you overcome this that's a really great question and I would say the greatest barrier that I had to face coming into college as a first-generation college student was not knowing what I didn't know Mm. and so when you come to college Say, for instance, I was a student that wasn't first gen. I would have parents and grandparents to look at, like you said it previously, that would explain to me the ins and outs of certain things or classes or how to register for classes, how to navigate a rigorous course, office hours, things like that. Mm. So the greatest barrier that I was able to overcome coming to the University of Virginia was being able to learn what I did not know that I did not know for myself. Mm. And so whether that was being able to go to a career coach, um, a career counselor to figure out what I wanted to do in my life or having the resource of there actually being someone to sit down with me and break down my financial spending um, that, through the SFS office. So there were so many different resources that I did not know that I needed that I was able to attain while being here. Mm-hmm. And so learning and now knowing what I did not know, I didn't know. And overcoming those barriers, there's a gazillion things that I did not know that I did not, I did not know that I needed coming Mm -hmm. into college. Yeah. And so, I mean, thousands of things, to be honest. And so I think most definitely overcoming that. And I did that in a way where I allow myself to be vulnerable in certain times. So if I had things, I've also experienced so many hardships back home and here at UVA where I had to let my professors know and my academic deans and for them to send out letters for them to understand, like, I am going through certain things right now. It's tainting my mental health and I can't turn in assignments as fast as other students because I have to pour my time into other matters at home with family obligations. So I think most definitely just tapping into those resources and learning and doing things that I did not know I needed coming into college was most definitely something that I overcame. And I did so in a way by being vulnerable, being open-minded, and learning how to tap into the resources that were presented to me Mm -hmm. um, and not being afraid or shy of being a person that needed help. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And being able to reach out for help when you know you need it is one of 
the hardest things that you can do I feel like I feel like it's really hard to reach out for help and it can be overwhelming when you don't know who to reach out to like when you have all these questions and there are so many resources at UVA but you don't know where to start that can be really hard and I feel like one thing that I really regret in college is not taking advantage of all the resources that are at UVA like I'm realizing that you know being able to just like have an appointment at the career center and drop in and like get to do that for free is something that like we're really privileged to have as UVA students. That is true. That is true. So thank you for sharing that. And the next question is, as a black man at a PWI, has your racial slash ethnic identity impacted your college experience? And if so, how? My racial and ethnic identity has most definitely impacted my college experience. Being a black person at UVA is most definitely difficult Mm -hmm. because we're constantly trying to navigate the racial battle fatigue that we feel daily. Mm. Um, whether that is working, being a founder and the director of community relations for Bridge and having to work with organizations such as different fraternities in the IFC or working with historically institutionally racist institutions at UVA and having to work through their problems. But it's my job to present these modules to them. That's an example of just like having to be a black person that's also teaching on how to unpack blackness and unpack white fragility and whiteness. And so I think most definitely um, it's it's tiring, but in a way um, my racial and ethnic background and makeup has allowed me to, um, I guess in a way, utilize my community to bring us even closer. Mm-hmm. I would say I am I have a huge impact on the black community here at UVA. Mm-hmm. And so I think most definitely um, my racial and ethnic makeup has allowed me to be in that space where it allows me to utilize my skills, expertise and connections to create spaces of welcomeness, to create sp- spaces with the resources, to create spaces for black students to benefit here at the university And so I think most definitely that's how my racial and ethnic makeup has impacted my experience here at the university. Mm -hmm. Um, It has allowed me to seek more welcomeness for other students like myself. Um, I am a very extroverted person and I feel like I can adapt to any scenario or situation very fast, but I understand that some people are not like me Mm. where they aren't as extroverted, they aren't as adaptable, or they aren't as vulnerable or open-minded as I may be. Mm-hmm. And so I think the biggest thing, being black, being an African-American here at the university, and knowing how it feels to feel left out has made it even, has made me even more willing to create these spaces mm-hmm. to make it easier for black students to feel welcomed and successful and worthy of being here at the University of Virginia. Mm -hmm. And so I would say that's how being black and African-American has impacted me here Mm -hmm. at UVA. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like just from your intro, we can see like the impact that you've had at UVA and how connected to the community you are at UVA. And I feel like even as someone who is Asian coming into UVA, I didn't realize exactly like the toll that that takes on your mental health coming to a PWI like obviously like I knew that UVA was like predominantly white but it's like a completely different experience from seeing a statistic and then actually coming in and like being the only non-white person in one of your classes right and being like wow that's 
that's a lot. And so I think it's impressive that you're so plugged into the community, but also the fact that you're willing and able to go like put so much effort into educating um, people at UVA and like we were talking about like working with frats like in the IFC and unpacking you know white privilege and such I feel like that's something that can be taxing and like mentally draining um, at times to feel like you have to educate people on something most definitely and I think I would say it's just honestly made my life full circle in a way and I'm saying I have I feel like I have a lot more life to live but just thus far everything is coming full circle um where as a kid my parents after fourth grade sent me to a predominantly white school district where from fifth grade until I graduated high school I was used to being the only black person in my class so coming Mm -hmm. to UVA it was most definitely a culture shock because like white Texas is different than white Virginia Mm. and so um I think most definitely it was different in those instances but as far as knowing how to navigate the white culture it wasn't hard for me just because I had been doing that for the past seven years before mm-hmm. entering college yeah and so I think most definitely going through my experiences in elementary middle school and high school and at UVA and creating an organization that is built to unpack whiteness and white fragility and to understand race and ethnicity better makes everything feel full circle just because based on the experiences that I have been through personally racially and ethnically and how those experiences have shaped me into why I'm doing the work I'm doing today. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So this question kind of goes off of that and off of like your involvement at UVA. But do you feel like there's a certain pressure that comes along with all of the roles that you have in representing the black community at UVA? And if so, how do you deal with this? Because again, like it's like really impressive that you're so involved in the community, but can that be taxing in a way? It's most most definitely taxing, and I have just had to learn how to say no. Mm. I used to feel very bad about telling people no or rescheduling, but honestly, my goal every day is to accomplish as much as I can and also make sure I spend as much time with myself as possible. Mm. And so if that means having to cancel a meeting and or reschedule it, at the at the end of the day, it's going to get done because I am a type of person I don't like leaving things unsaid or undone. So it's going to get done, but it's going to get done in a way that is also protecting my peace and also making sure that I am not overextending myself or stressing myself out. Mm-hmm. And so there's a gazillion things that I could be doing after we do this podcast, but I'm most definitely going to enjoy the rest of my night and watch TV Mm -hmm. and get back to the drawing board in the morning. Mm -hmm. And so I think most definitely my first two and a half years of college, I did not know how to master. My time management was terrible. Mm -hmm. I did not know how to say no. Mm -hmm. I did not know how to limit myself. I was always a yes man and wanted to make sure it got done. It got done, but at the end of the day, I was depriving myself of study time and depriving my mental health and depriving my human capital from growing because I was pouring so much out, pouring so much out to people in different organizations. And I feel like now at the end of the day, I'm going to do what I can and I'm going to do so in a way that is going to protect my peace. And also I'm going to do things effectively and efficiently. Um, But I've just learned to say no Mm. and to, always put myself first and to 
answer any question to the best of my ability as much as I can that I know I can in that instance. Mm -hmm. So I would say that's pretty much how I've been able to master juggling so much um, and also eliminating distractions, the chaos in my life, learning how to, I've learned very well what I know how to separate business and pleasure. Like that's one thing I don't, I don't mix business and pleasures. And that could be, I never bring my business to any social engagement or social party or whatever, just because I know that's me. I know part of me making myself happy is enjoying a nice evening out with my friends Mm -hmm. or doing something on a weekend or traveling or whatever. And I know personally, like just keeping my business away from my pleasure also helps me maintain my peace um, and protecting it. So I would say that's how I've been able to navigate it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how have you learned to say no to people and say no to things? Because I feel like that's something really hard to kind of step away from the idea that like saying no means that you're disappointing people. And I feel like I like really struggle with saying no because I'm like, oh, if I say no, then this person's be disappointed in me and then they're not going to like me and then I'm going to ruin this relationship and just like spiral like that. So like what advice do you have for people in saying no to create more time for themselves? So my biggest piece of advice when someone is trying to learn how to say no, every time someone asks you to do something, take a step back and calculate and analyze how much work you have to put into it. Mm. How much work, time, and energy and compare it to everything else you have going on. And if it is limiting the output and product of something else that you have to do, or if it's limiting you spending time with yourself and making yourself happy, or you're cutting into time that you don't have, don't do it. Mm. Literally don't do it. Um, For example, yesterday, at the beginning of last week, so many people were asking me to do so many things. And Sundays, Saturdays and Sundays are majority my free days. Mm-hmm. So I was mo- it was, was moving so fast last week where I had to, there was so many things that I didn't put in my calendar for Sunday. Where I had to text people yesterday or Saturday, hey, can we reschedule? Can we move back to the next day or something like that? Just because for one, I knew I wanted to spend Sunday for, for myself. Mm-hmm. And I also knew that what I have asked to get done, it's going to get done. It's just going to get done when I have the time to do so. And it's not draining Mm -hmm. or it's not pouring too much where I am emptying my cup. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like as long as you take a step back and understand, is this taking stuff out of my personal cup? And is it pouring more into somebody else's cup and taking a time and energy from yourself Then say no. Mm-hmm. But if it's not and you can make it work and it's not making you do too much, then yeah, you're mm-hmm. more, you should be more than willing to do so. Yeah. I'm not saying say no to everybody, but I'm just saying like, if you're a busy person, if you have a lot going for yourself, look, I think some most definitely some, it's okay to say no. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's how yeah. I would say so. Yeah. The one Instagram affirmation that keeps popping up on my um, explore page is that self-love isn't selfish. And I feel like that's so important to remember that taking time for yourself to recoup after a long week should be a priority. And, you know, if you upset someone because you say no over something, you know, at the end of the day, that's that's their issue, not yours. Like it's, it's not going to be productive to anyone if you just try to like force yourself to do something with someone when you're tired and like i feel like nothing positive can come out of that 
Exactly. It's like you're not going to enjoy. You're not going to enjoy that person. You're not going to enjoy that that lunch or that dinner or that meeting or whatever. Um, so I think most definitely just taking a step back and just analyzing how much do I have to put into it and how much am I taking away from myself? Um, and then I'm just comparing it to everything else you have going on and go from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we met, I guess technically the first time we met was at L2K. Yes. Um, two years ago. L2K when I was a participant and not running it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that's just a conference for student leaders at UVA. So what does being a student leader at UVA mean to you? I look at UVA as a mini world, as a mini world. I do. And I didn't really understand what it meant to be a student leader at UVA until two months ago. <laughs> and um, student self-governance is real. And we have a us as students, we can have a lot of impact on so many other individuals um, if we think about it and step, take a step back and realize that the work that we put into these organizations are impacting so many people. Mm-hmm. And so to be a student leader here at the University of Virginia, it most definitely feels good. And to have the autonomy to know, have the autonomy to lead who I want to lead. Like being the president of the Black Student Alliance and knowing that is that 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 is one if not the biggest black organization on campus mm-hmm. and saying that I'm leading that organization yeah. in the right direction it feels good and knowing that my heart is pure and has all good intentions like I'm a type of person where I am always I'm always trying to help others and um every move I make is intentional and it's intentionally good Mm -hmm. and so i think most definitely it just it feels good to be a a great leader here at the university of virginia and to have so such of an impact um so i would think it feels good but i also know that it's also it could be stressful Mm -hmm. and so student leaders here at uva to jobs sometimes Mm -hmm. and if we don't understand how to say no that can most definitely take over Mm -hmm. where it derails our academics personal life mental health all that yeah definitely so I have two follow-up questions to that. So the first one is, what happened two months ago that made you realize the impact you had as a student leader? I made my life less chaotic. And I just made my life a lot simpler, okay. to be honest with you. I just let certain things go and just was like, I was able to take a step back and realize and see because there was my brain was so clouded with things because I was going through so much and I was then able to understand the impact that I have on other people. Mm. Because I had, I was clear and was able to see. Yeah. Um, and so most definitely two months ago was just, I was like, all right, I'm done. I'm done stressing. Mm-hmm. And that's when I really, I feel like I took that stance. It was like, every move I make is going to be for me. Mm-hmm. And I have to put me first. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah. It's like that TikTok sound. I have to put me first. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's a really important lesson to learn is just to be present in the moment that you're in because I feel like at UVA obviously a lot of people here are like really high achieving so we're always thinking about like the next step in our life what we have to do next like what's coming up in life what we need to prepare for and I feel like one thing that I wish I had done in college is just appreciated more where I was at in the moment and that's what I'm trying to do in my last semester here is just really be thankful for this time because I'm never I'm never going to get this time back of being a college student or an undergrad in college and so 
I think it's important to like what you were saying, be present and also remember to take that time for yourself and do things that fill you up instead of drain you. Right. And learn how to delegate. Yes. Delegation. Delegation. Being a leader is good. You can be a great leader. You can have the communication skills. You can have the people skills. You can have the look. Mm -hmm. You can have everything. But if you don't know how to delegate, every other good quality that you have can be off balance by poor delegation skills. Mm. Because if you don't know how to delegate, then you will not be an effective leader. Yeah. Um, Because every, everybody can't do everything by themselves. I can tell you as being as independent as I am. Um, I think I get a lot of that from being the oldest child. I still can't do everything by myself. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've, I'm still learning that, that I cannot do everything by myself Mm -hmm. and every human needs help at some aspect or point of their life Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah so the second question is you are going to obviously have to pass the torch next year to someone else to lead bsa bridge all the other orgs that you're in so how do you feel about you know stepping away from your role as a student leader and next year not having that be part of your identity so it's um most definitely going to be bittersweet because this is my last hoorah of student leadership. Yeah. Um, I have been, I would say I have been in roles like this since I was a kid. Like mm-hmm. the first time I became, I would say a leader of an org. I was in the fourth grade. I was a f- the student council president of my elementary. Oh, should have included that in your intro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and that even went on to high school, um, being a part of student council, different organizations, then same thing in, in high school. I was a student council president then mm-hmm. and leader of different organizations then and coming to college and just doing the same thing. I've served my term. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I've made my impact. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tie my loose ends up mm-hmm. over the next couple of weeks. Um, we have about nine more weeks of school left. Oh, uh, don't say that. So, no, nah, we're, we're in this. We're in the single digits already. Yes. Um, no. So I am going to tie my loose ends up, finish everything strong to the best of my abilities. And May 20th, when I walk across that stage, not going to have any regrets. I gave all I could and I'm going to finish as strong as I can. And I'm going to walk away from those leaders, leadership positions, feeling accomplished and feeling like I gave my all and whatever else happens, happens and I have no control because I gave my all. Mm-hmm. And so I want to feel good and I'm going to feel good. Um, it'll, it'll allow me to spend more time with myself um, and do more other things like find more hobbies. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to feel good. I'm yeah. Feel good. Wow. I felt like that was like a graduation speech. That was very <laughs> like inspirational. <laughs> I'm sitting here like shedding a tear. Um, no, I think that's really important to recognize though and also it's important to recognize that this isn't the end of you know your experience as a leader I feel like right now I'm in the mindset of like college is the end like it only goes downhill from here like what am I gonna do with the rest of my life now I'm so old but at the end of the day like we're still only 21 we're basically just beginning our careers and so you know the experience that we've had as student leaders at UVA is just preparing us for our next stage in life right um and you know a future of leadership hopefully right it's time to go be a leader somewhere else yeah wow i'm getting like really ever since you said that we have nine weeks of school left (laughs) i can't continue the interview actually um okay so 
the next question is just from your intro and just from i feel like i knew of you before i knew you just because i feel like everybody knows you like you're just like a presence at uva and like with that comes the image of people being like yeah like derek has his shit together like i feel like you're known as like a very accomplished like driven well-spoken person so with that perception like how would you respond to that so how would you respond to that perception that people have of you and what is something that you wish that people asked you about yourself more often? Because I feel like sometimes when people have an image of you, they think that they know you. And so they treat you a certain way because they have this image in your mind, but that might not reflect who you actually are. Wow. That was a really long question. Sorry. <laughs> no, but it's a very good question. And so when you say that, it instantly just makes me say, I really wish people understood what went on in my head Mm -hmm. because outside looking in i'm this i'm doing this i'm doing this i'm doing this and to be honest there is majority of the time i don't give myself grace Mm. excuse me i don't give myself grace or i don't give myself um i don't appreciate myself for the things that i do Mm -hmm. um it's like okay Oh, I did this. Okay, what's next? Mm. And I am always thinking about the next move. Mm-hmm. Always. There's never, like, I know what I, I have a job now, but I know what I want to do next. Mm. Um, I know what I want my next six months to look like before I do start my job. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think most definitely, I wish people would just understand that as much good as you see, there's also 10 times, I don't want to say a lot more bad, but there's there's things that I go through. Like, I'm not perfect. I'm mm-hmm. not perfect by any means. Um, I struggle. I've struggled with mental health. I've struggled with academics. I've struggled with being productive. I've struggled with so much in college that just people don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, my story it's still being written. Mm-hmm. I have yet to tell it, mm-hmm. but it is a very interesting and intriguing story. And when I do tell it, a lot of people are going to be like, wow, mm-hmm. no one ever knew. Um, the things that you endured while also doing all these other good things. And so um, I would say behind that diamond or behind that accomplished diamond or behind this accomplished person there's so much, so much, so much hardship that I have endured mm-hmm. over these past four years and over, over the past 21 years of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't I don't want any pity from anyone, but I do want people to understand that the grass is not always green on this mm-hmm. side. The, gra- the grass is not always green on this side. Sometimes it's deprived of water, mm-hmm. deprived of nutrients, and those nutrients are just consistent consistency and motivation and so yeah Mm -hmm. um i may be leader of this org may do this may have done this may have accomplished this but there's so much hardship pain sorrow i've endured to get to that point Mm -hmm. yeah thank you for sharing that and do you feel like you know like me it might be hard to share 
the hardships that you have endured because people have this image of you so they may discount it and be like oh like it can't be that bad like if you can still do xyz or is there another reason why you feel like that's just not something you want to talk about yet that is exactly why i don't talk about it Mm. you hit it you hit the nail you hit it on the nail that's exactly why i don't talk about it people don't understand what you have to go through or endure they Mm -hmm. don't they don't Mm -hmm. and believe it or not we live in a world all people are not good and genuine people Mm. there's a lot of people that may kiki in your face here at uva they're not good and genuine people yeah as much as they say they want you to succeed in the back of their mind and deep down they waiting for you to fail yeah and so it's like i've had to understand that everybody won't understand what i go through because they've never experienced it mm. and so that's why a counselor i've been going to counseling at uva for the past two years mm-hmm. and I've went to counseling just because I'm at a place where a lot of people that I come in contact with will never understand what I go through. Mm. And so that's why I see caps, Mm -hmm. um, giving timely, timely care, a little plug because I'm using a timely care app through UVA now, which is amazing, which is amazing. You can literally go download it on your Apple app store, timely care, and you can put whatever you're going through mentally and you can have, a. a therapy session right then and there you can also schedule it yeah um so that is amazing i'm on timely care now Mm -hmm. um so i think most definitely i'm at a place where a lot of people just genuinely will see that i'm doing so much and they will most definitely think oh it's not not that bad you're still doing blah 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 Mm -hmm. i'm i'm doing so because i'm pushing through Mm um i'm pushing through i'm literally pushing through last semester was probably my my most challenging semester at uva um, and I most definitely had to push through, mm-hmm. had to push through. Um, I was late. I feel like I was behind on every class. Um, I basically had to stop going to class for like basically three weeks, um, because of like personal reasons and stuff mm-hmm. back home. But I think most definitely, yeah, I just don't open up about it a lot to people. I mean, who know people who know, who know, they know, and like my friends, my circle, my small circle is very, very supportive. Yeah. Very amazing. Um, I rely on them a lot and they also rely on me a lot. And I feel like we have a good relationship as far as what we can go to each other for. So my circle is supportive. So I guess, yeah, when it comes to like the broader UVA, just keep it to myself and just mm-hmm. move. Um, mm-hmm. Because you can never tell your right hand what your left hand doing. Mm-hmm. Um, because everybody is dealt a different a different um, hand of cards and sometimes people are not acceptive or appreciative of the cards that are dealt so they go and hate or cheat to steal somebody else's cards mm-hmm. and that's the I would say metaphor of life mm-hmm. yeah definitely and I'm glad that you have that close circle of friends that you can depend on and a counselor at CAPS that you can talk to about what you're going through but I definitely relate to feeling sometimes like you have to like have your guard up because you don't want people to see like if you're slipping and I feel like it's normal for everyone to want to have the image that they're doing well and that they're succeeding when everyone has hardships that they're going through they just aren't talking about it and I feel like social media has made us think that we are such good um, judges of character and that we know what's happening in everyone's life based on what we can just see from them. Oh, agreed. My, my social media is most definitely not reflective of my life at all. Yeah. Um, 
I post what I I post. I would say I post a portion of my life and I give my, I guess, give social media who follow me uh, minimal access of my life. But there's just so much more, so much more because everyone doesn't need to know everything about you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, social media is most definitely not a reflective, a great reflection of me. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it may you may see some pictures, may get a little glimpse of who I am based on my page. But other than that. You can't really tell mm-hmm. who Derek really is. Yeah, exactly. I, my Instagram is definitely not reflective of who I am. Yeah. And that there's definitely an image on there of someone who is like confident and like happy and excited with life. And, you know, there are a lot of times where I just am not feeling great about myself. And I do like find validation in like likes and comments on Instagram. And that's just really damaged like my self image. So. I can definitely relate to, you know, wanting to uphold a certain image that you have of yourself and being scared of, like, the responses if you do open up about hardships that you're going through. Right, right. Wow. Okay, well, I have one final question for you, and it feels really wrong to say it after that question, but as a lawn resident is one special question that I ask to everybody who I have on the podcast that lives on the lawn. And that is, do you pee in your sink? Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> gladly. Yes. Um, there's just some times where I clean it every day with Clorox, <laughs> but yes, there are some times where I'm in the middle of the night and I'm not going outside <laughs> And it's cold. No. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, I do pee in my sink. Um, I do use Clorox daily to clean my sink, if any of the listeners wanted to know. <laughs> um, but, yes, I do pee in my sink. Most definitely. That was that was the most confident yes that I've gotten so far. And I appreciate yeah, it. I respect know, it. I don't. I really don't care what people think. Like, yeah. <laughs> literally, I don't care. Um, and so... What they gonna be like? Oh, Derek pees in his sink, and I do. Yeah. What you gonna do about it? Um, Derek pees in his sink, and he's proud of it. Guys. I am proud of it. Um, and so, yeah, my mom would probably be like, "What the hell?" Um, but yeah, most definitely. I mean, you gotta do what you gotta do. Right. Like, I don't know how like Ulanis are able to like have bathrooms that are like outside. Like the idea of like me having to go outside to take a shower or like go outside at like three in the morning to pee. That's it's just not. No. It's not pleasing. Yeah, I I can't imagine that. So, respect to you for being open about peeing in your sink. Thank you for sharing your story. <laughs> You're so welcome. <laughs> um, and thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciated getting the time to talk with you. So thank you. you. Busy, busy I really bee. appreciate you inviting me. This is awesome. This is awesome. This yeah. is my highlight of my day. Aw. <laughs> I canceled everything but this, literally. <laughs> Um, I'm so honored thank you you're welcome you're welcome Um, all right so if you guys are still listening thank you so much and remember to BYOB next week bye have a good one